Sermon Index Classics, featuring the vintage audio sermons from the past century. Welcome again to Sermon Index and today's program featuring some of the best sermons preached in the last century. This program is provided by the Ministry of Sermon Index. For more messages, log on to our website, www.sermonindex.com. Now, here's today's program. Tate presents Corey Ten Boom, speaking on the subject, Authority Over Demons. I feel a very clear glove. That glove cannot do anything. It cannot write, it cannot cut bread, cannot do anything. But now it can even play piano. Don't tell him, for I am not pianist. <laughs> I know that it's not a glove that can play piano, that's the hand in the glove. And we cannot do anything. Without Jesus we can do nothing, but with him we can do everything. Now you see that when my hand is only in the midst of this glove, the glove cannot do anything. And I believe that's why the Bible says one of the best, the most sweetest commandments of the Bible, be filled with the Spirit. And don't forget that the Bible has no suggestions but commandments. And first I will read for you first uh, Ephesians 6, 10 till 20 from the translation of Philips. In conclusion, be strong, not in yourself, but in the Lord. In the power of his boundless resource, put on God's complete armor so that you can successfully resist all the devil's methods of attack. For our fight is not against any physical enemy, it is against organizations and powers that are spiritual. I read somewhere this time is unparalleled in demon population of this planet. We are up against the unseen power that controls this dark world and spiritual agents from the very headquarters of evil. Therefore you must wear the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist evil in its day of power and that even when you have fought to stand still you may still stand your ground. Take your stand and with truth as your belt. Who is our truth? Jesus. Righteousness, your breastplate. Jesus is our righteousness. The gospel of peace, firmly on your feet. Jesus is our peace. Salvation is as our helmet. Jesus is our salvation. He in us, we in him. And in your hand the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. Above all, be sure you take faith 
as your shield, for it can quench every burden missile the enemy hurls at you. Pray at all times with every kind of spiritual prayer, keeping alert and persistent as you pray for all Christ's men and women. And pray for me too that I may be able to speak freely here to make known the secret of that gospel for which I am, so to speak, an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may speak out about it as is my plain and obvious duty. We have a tremendous task in this world. And it is good that we realize that we are standing in the midst of a terrific battle. Some time ago I had a talk for men in Germany. We had a good hour. We listened together to what the Holy Spirit had to tell us. Now I knew that half of these men were Baptists and half were Lutheran. After I was through, we had some conversation, and one of them asked me, tell me, uh, what, is, uh, what do you think about the right way of baptism? I thought, yeah, I don't know where that uh, question comes from. I fear that it comes from the corner of the enemy. You know, I knew that when I would say one thing, that half of the people should throw away my whole uh, um, talk because I did not agree about their doctrine of baptism. Should I say the other thing, then the other half was against me. So I prayed for wisdom, and I am so glad for a check written on my name and signed by Jesus Christ in James 1, 5. Some of the checks that I have always to cash again. If in the process any of you does not know how to meet any particular problem, he has only to ask God who gives generously to all men without making them feel foolish or guilty. And he may be quite sure that the necessary wisdom will be given him. Isn't that good? Why? But he must ask in sincere faith, without secret doubts as to whether he really wants God's help or not. I never know who has a sense of humor. If this Philips or James or the Holy Spirit, I think all of it. I'm sure all three have it. <laughs> the man who trusts God but with inward reservation is like a wave of the sea carried forward by the wind one moment and driven back to the next. I said, Father, you are sad. You give it me now. I know that God likes it when we pray with boldness and say, Father, you are sad. God has meant business with his promises and he likes it when we mean business with his promises. The Lord gave me wisdom. I said, will, we, will you open your Bible at Mark, 6, at Mark 16, the, where the Lord, verse 15, where the Lord Jesus said, you must go out to the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. He who believes it 
And if baptized, will be saved, but he who disbelieves it will be condemned. These signs will follow those who do believe. They will drive out evil spirits in my name. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up snakes, and if they drink anything poisonous, it will do them no harm. They will lay hands, their hands upon the sick, and they will recover. After these words to them, the Lord Jesus was taken up into heaven and was enthroned at the right hand of God. They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them, confirming their message by the signs that followed. There are three things here what the Lord tells us. And uh, first, the first is go to uh, bring the gospel, then baptize, and then the there are uh, power over demons and sicknesses. I said, may I ask you, how far are you with the first of the three? Did you do your utmost to bring the gospel over the world with your prayer, your purse, your testimony? Are you not ready with that? What about the third thing? Did you cast out demons? Did you lay your hands on the sick? Did you all do these three things? Are you not yet ready with that? Or is there still something left? Now will you first do one and three? And do everything you can for to bring the gospel over the world and then to lay hands on the sick and uh, cast out demons? And if you are through with this, then come to me and I will tell you what I think about number two. And that I can only tell you one thing about baptism, and that is that Jesus has not given us this great privilege and blessing to quarrel about, but to enjoy it. Now they smiled, and the both hearts were still with me. You know, in this time it is very important that we understand that there is a terrific fight against the very representatives of the headquarters of evil. And you and I are standing in the front line and you and I are the only people in the world who can cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Do you realize that? Communists can't do that. Beelzebub is not willing to do it. So you and I must do it. I have written a little booklet, Defeated Enemies, where I tell about what I have experienced of our power of demons. There's no demonology, there's no theory, it is just what I experienced when I went over the world and I had to and to preach and to, to lay hands on sick and to bring the gospel and go over the world as a tramp for the Lord. And I didn't realize at all that we have the task of casting out demons. Oh yes, I have experienced it when I was in a concentration camp where we were together in... Um, terrible place where people had had a training in, in cruelties, where the demon of hatred 
was in the hearts of many people. And Betsy and I were there together with 700 prisoners in a very small room. And these poor prisoners were often so nervous and so afraid. We had to sleep on very small cots with two or three. And sometimes it was as if there came a wave of hatred and darkness over that room. And the people started to fight and it was a very great danger in such a small place. And I will never forget how my sister behaved. When she heard that they were fighting together and one said, I, I uh, kick you out of bed and I'll, I won't have you any longer lay so against me. And then Betsy said, let's pray. And Betsy started to pray. And when she was praying, it was as if a storm lay down and was all quiet and then she stopped. We knew that there were demons around us and we had never thought about the casting out demons but we read in the little forbidden booklet that we had the Bible we read that we may and must cast out demons and then that there were demons who do not uh, go without fasting and that he said what about when we just give our fasting that the enemy gives us that we give that back to the Lord and say Lord it is not our will but we fast <laughs> but will you use it Lord <laughs> I'm so glad that God never uh, takes a theological examine from you before you, he helps you he, he just understood and he did it and he got um, power over demons and then after that period of my life that I was that prisoner there then I had to go over the world and in my book Amazing Love you can read how for the first time I came face to face with demons I've spoken about we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ and God's promises are the greatest realities. And our problems are the material for God to build his miracles. And if we need a great miracle, we must have God our impossibilities. That's a very nice sermon. And the next day there came a woman to me with her daughter who was demon-possessed. And she said, did you believe what you said yesterday? I said, oh yes. I believed every word. She said, oh, here's my daughter. She is, is possessed by a demon of fear. The moment that we heard a noise, even when someone opened the tap uh, in the house, then that girl shrunk down of fear and hid her face on her mother's lap. There's a girl 15 years old. She said, can you cast out that demon? I said, no, that's not my work. Oh, yes, she said, I thought it. It was very beautiful what you said in your talk, but you don't believe it yourself. I said, I believe it. And then I said, oh, Lord, I believe it. I believe it, but what must I do, Lord? 
I must not cast out demons. That's not my work. Or is it your will? And then the Lord said, yes. And I said to the mother, do you believe? She said, yes, I believe the Bible and I believe Mark 16. And then I spoke to that demon in that poor girl. I asked that girl, do you love the Lord Jesus? He, he said, yes, but he must make me free. I said, yes, he will make you free. And I said to the demons, in the name of Jesus, leave that girl. And the mother and the girl left and that girl was just as demon possessed as before. And I was disappointed and frustrated. I was in the house of a minister. So I went to a study. I said, Pastor, I have experienced this. I am so sorry. I believe in the Bible. I believe that the promises of the Lord are good, the greatest reality. But I think my faith was not, not strong enough. Will you do it? This is the address of the girl. He said, what do you mean? I said, you must cast out this demon. He said, I? I don't think about it. I never did that before. I said, but, but Pastor, who must do it then? I said, Pastor, open, open your Bible and read Mark 16. I said, read it loud. And he read it. And he read, Go ye into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And the signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. And he said, Oh, Lord, I have never known that. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. This girl is not the only one in my church, in my congregation. There are more, Lord, that I have never seen that I have a duty here. And there was joy in my heart. I thought, now I know why I had to have that, that defeat. I had to go to that minister. I understood a little bit of God's side of the embroidery. The ne next day, the woman came with her daughter and she said, the moment that I, we passed the threshold of our house, the demon was done for my daughter. And she was absolutely free. Why did God wait? with liberating that girl because I had to go to that minister to have that talk. That was an encouraging beginning. And then I, I tried to study the Bible in this. I read in 1 John 5.18 The true child of God is in charge of God's own son and the evil one must keep his distance. He stands on the victorious side after all. Napoleon said to his soldiers, Gentlemen, when you follow me and when you are my soldiers I must tell you that 
often when you are hungry there will be no food. When it is bad weather, you will not, not have shelter. What is waiting you is blood and sweat. But I can promise you one thing. When you follow Napoleon, you fight for a general who never lost a battle. But he lost the last battle. But when we are in the army of King Jesus, the King of Kings, we fight for a king who never lost a battle and who will never lose a battle. And every knee will bow for him. And at our side is a mighty high priest and legions of angels. And we have a book almost bursting by good news. And we stand in the power of the blood of Jesus. What this book tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we have the authority of the name of Jesus. And like a traffic officer has the authority of the law behind him and if you don't uh, obey him you get a ticket. You and I have the authority of Jesus' name. And if the devil does not obey you, then you give him a ticket. He is a defeated enemy. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Yes, we stand at the victorious side. I know that that uh, part of Mark, there is a question mark behind that last uh, part of Mark 16. In Germany there was a girl who was rather ill and a brother came to her and said, Do you believe in the Bible? She said, I believe the Bible from cover to cover. Then he read Mark 16 that Jesus says, In my name thou shalt lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you believe that? Oh, yes, he said. I have never heard that before, but I didn't know that that was in the Bible. But I believe it because it is in the Bible. And he laid hands on her and she was healed. And she was so happy. She ran to her pastor. She said, Pastor, did you know that? That I was in the Bible? And brother so and so has done it. What you can read in Mark 16, that Jesus said, in my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And the pastor said, my dear lady, I'm so sorry that I must tell you that Mark 16 is added to the Bible long, long after the original was written. She was very disappointed. But suddenly she said, oh my what a book is the Bible that even an added promise has so much power that I am healed. <laughs> My friends, when we act on the word of God, we, there happen miracles in us and God watches over his word to perform it. And I wrote once in my little paper at the harvest time that someone said um, was asked do you believe that uh, Jonah was in the stomach of the whale and said yes I believe that and if the Bible has told 
that the whale had been in the stomach of Jonah, I should also have believed it if it was in the Bible. <laughs> yes, it is good to act on the word of God, but it is also very necessary that we, that we obey the word of God. Cast out demons in my name, says Jesus. I'm so glad that in the armor of God is also prayer. I believe it is in my book, Not Good If Detached, that I tell that I was in a group of, a small conference in Germany of what you call here in the Fancy Christian Fellowship. Ten students, Christians, had brought ten non-Christians. And I had to speak Saturday evening and three times on Sunday. On Saturday after I had spoken, every student took one of the non-Christians and made a walk and talked with them and they said, Cory, not one of them has accepted your message. But we will pray. We will pray this night and we will pray tomorrow and we will stand behind you with our prayers. How God did miracles that, uh, that Sunday. When people pray, then the devil has not much power to come in between. And in the evening, eight out of ten had made a decision for the Lord Jesus that did the angels in heaven, made the angels in heaven rejoice. I went to my bedroom very happy and thankful and exhausted. Germans are very thoroughly and talk much and between the three meetings I had many, many talks. But I was so happy with what the Lord had done. But when I came in my room, Trudy followed me. And Trudy said, Oh, Corrie, I must thank you what you have done for my Otto. He was so dark. She was a medical student and her fiancé Otto was also a medical student. He said, Oh, he was so dark and unhappy. And now he has accepted the Lord Jesus and he is so, he is so glad and so full of joy. I said, now let us just praise and thank the Lord. But what about you, Trudy? He said, I don't come to speak about myself. I will speak about Otto. He said, okay. And I talked about Otto. But suddenly, in the midst of our talk, I turned to her or better to demons in her. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you demons, go out of this girl. She is not bought by your blood, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, who has paid everything for her at the cross of Golgotha. I command you to leave her, and I forbid you to come back or to come in anyone else. Go to the place where Jesus tells you to go. I've never seen such a change on the face of uh, a human being. From the darkness she came into light and she shouted, I'm free, I'm free. Is there hope for me? I didn't know it. And then she told me that she had intended to commit suicide the next day. And I can tell you, I stood trembling on my feet. 
beasts. I did not know anything of her, and I even had not discerned that she was demon possessed. Please stop your machine at this point and turn the cassette over. And I, after she had left, I thought I must have a prayer. I must talk it over with someone. I went downstairs, and in the hall where we had our meetings, I saw all these ten students on their knees. And I said, I come to tell you that Trudy is uh, liberated. They said, we knew. I said, what did you know? They said, we knew that she was demon-possessed, and when she went to your room, we went in prayer. And we prayed, God, use courage and womb to liberate that girl. And after some time, suddenly our prayer went over in praise and thanks, and we knew that she was free. Now, do you see what prayer means? I did not know anything about that girl, but there were these students who were praying. And I was very happy about this experience. I have found over the whole world a lack of knowledge among theologians, among Bible students in the seminaries, in the Bible schools. The people do not teach to cast out demons. And I must say here the Pentecostal church is here much more advanced than the other churches. It was so. Now there comes a, di a difference also in the other churches. But my friends, don't forget that you have to cast out demons in this time. And you can do it. Not because of your faith. For that is very small, perhaps not bigger than a coconut, even perhaps not bigger than a mustard seed. But that doesn't matter. It can remove mountains. And you have the authority of the name of Jesus. And uh, you have the legal use of the name of Jesus and you stand in the power of his blood. Perhaps you will say, but listen, I can understand when you go over the mission field that you f find many people who are demon-possessed, but you are here in America. Have you never had someone in your counseling room who said, Oh, I wanted so much to accept the Lord Jesus, but I cannot. I'm not able. The moment that I will ask Lord Jesus come into my heart, it is as if there comes something between him and me. And the people say that I always ask, I always ask uh, wisdom. When I counsel and even when I preach, I have always the horizontal and the vertical connection in the same moment. And I can tell my dear Lord quite different preach, uh, sermons than I tell the people in front of me. Then I ask Lord, what is wrong? What, 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 what is there in the life of this, this person? He is wanting and longing to be saved, but she cannot. And then the Lord tells me which question I ask him. Then I say, when did you go to a spiritualist meeting? Spiritist meeting. Or I ask, when did you go to 
the fortune teller. And I never ask when they have been to a fortune teller if they have come to a spiritualist meeting. The, the Holy Spirit gives the discernment. The answer is all, almost always the same. Oh yes, for then and then. But I did it just for fun. And then I asked, tell them about East Germany. In East Germany, the border between West and East is sometimes in the midst of a wood. Now when you are walking in that forest, in that wood, and you should not be alert, it is possible to come very easily into the eastern uh, part of that wood of Germany. And especially when you have a game, and when you are playing, and suddenly you are the wrong side of the border, and then the police come and say, just come to, with me to the police station. Do you think it helps you when you say, oh, excuse me, but we were just playing? No, when you are on the territory of the enemy, you are in their power. And when you go for fun to a fortune tower, or you are asked to, to, to read the lines in your hands or this nonsense, and that is very often here in, in uh, America, then I can tell you you are in the territory of the enemy. And you are in great danger. Now, the people don't always believe that. So it is uh, the best that we make the Bible speak. And then I always immediately ask them to open their Bible and to read Deuteronomy 18, 10 till 13. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of this abomination, the Lord thy God does drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Why is an abomination in the eyes of God? Because instead of asking God for help, you have asked the enemy for help. Therefore you must be perfect with the Lord thy God. Now if people really are serious, they are very soon... Um, persuaded that they have done an abomination. And that's all. When they are so far, then I open the Bible and give them word, for instance, First John 1, 7 and 9, when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all the sins we confess. It never cleanses an excuse. And then they are free if they do it and then they can accept the Lord and oh how we must warn these decent sinners here in America that they mustn't go to Washington and I found also you will see that in my little booklet that many people are in great danger because they do not know about these things there was a great evangelist in Germany a man of God, mightily used for 
tausend und tausend Sinnerschuhe steht, und tausend und tausend Christen, die gehen bei uns, preaching into the victorious life. I can tell you his name, it is Bruder Kenner. And he came once to me and he said, Oh, Corrie, I've had such a terrible experience. There came a lady to me and she said, Oh, make me free, make me free. I am under the power of the devil. And he said, I saw in her eyes that she was demon-possessed. And I laid my hands on her and the same moment I fell on my back and I was out of consciousness for half an hour. And when I came back to consciousness, she was gone and she had committed suicide. I said, Pastor, will you show me in the Bible where it's written that we must lay hands on a demon possessed? Lay hands on the sick and cast out the demons. We must be very careful with our obedience. Now, here is a man full of the love of the Lord, full of a burden for souls. And only by lack of knowledge this man did such a dangerous thing. It is time to wake up to reality. Now, in this booklet also, I tell that there is a danger. I don't know if you have ever read the book of Mrs. Penn Lewis, War of the Saints. And you read that book without first asking the Lord to protect you with the blood of Jesus, you come in great darkness. It is a positive book. There is a danger in it. And it's one-sided. He uh, brings everything under the category of demon possession. And I found uh, uh, missionaries in the mission field who did the same. And they always talked about demons and about demon possession. <laughs> Not only in the mission field, so often when a mother-in-law is difficult, then they said, my mother-in-law is demon-possessed. Be careful. Jesus speaks about saying to someone, Raka, and guilty. I don't know anything. I've never, never studied demonology, but in this little booklet I try to make the difference between demon-obsession and demon-possession. Demon-possession you can see. But in obsession you cannot always see. There's a gradual difference. The answer is the same. Cast out the demons in the name of Jesus. And be overcome by the blood of the Lamb. But be careful that you do not make advertisement for the enemies by always talking about them. I'll never forget when Tori, Dr. Tori Johnson came to Holland to start a Youth for Christ movement there. I have never seen such mean articles in the newspaper than they wrote about Tori Johnson. Terrible things. So mean, so dirty. And when he came there were no holes uh, uh, big enough to contain the mass of people. 
and I can tell you when I should come back here to America and I should like to have very big meetings, I should ask some of you, you be so kind to write against me. And you cannot be too mean. <laughs> These people have made the best advertisement for, for Terry Jones and now the Youth for Christ movement is in the hands of young people who were saved in the first meetings of Terry Johnson. And that is a, a mighty blessing in, uh, in Holland to save many uh, youth, much youth and also riper youth like everywhere in the world. The youth for Christ always not only reaches the youth but also the riper youth <laughs> till 80 and above. But uh, don't talk too much about demons. And don't, it is in screw tape letters that that man with his mighty sense of humor says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. And that's very much. Many people do not believe that uh, demons exist. And then, and pastors, people who stand in the midst of a whole army of demons, and they do not believe, you see, that they exist. What a terrific uh, victory for the devil. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an unhealthy interest in them. And I can tell you, what I tell you today, I cannot, um, this, this talk I cannot give everywhere. I can tell you when I have given this talk, then people come to me and just tell the most thrilling spook stories. <laughs> that is, that is an unhealthy, uh, curiosity and they like to tell about demons and then they go in details and tell what has happened with that and that woman what they have seen about ah the terrible they themselves are equally pleased by both errors and they hail a materialist or a magician what a difficult word a magician with the same delight demons exist and demons are in the world and I believe that there are more now than every in every time before and you have a tremendous task and you have nothing to fear but be sure that you do not give the devil a foothold what do I mean I was in South Africa and I got a telephone from a girl, a lady who said, Christ, can you come here? Here's a girl, demon possessed, and we don't know what to do. And my first reaction is always to say no. When you ask me to go to a stick and lay hands on the stick, then I say, but great joy, oh yes, I do it. And it gives me a great joy to lay hands on the stick. But when you ask me, come and cast out the demons, then I say, uh, can't he do it? 
What is it? Am I afraid for demons? The fear for demons comes from the demons themselves. And we have nothing to fear for demons. Nothing. We stand on a victorious side. Legions of angels and a mighty high priest is at our side. Is it because it is so terrible to see the demonstration of the power of the enemy in the life of a human being? Perhaps it is that. I don't know what you have for experience, but after I have been used to cast out demons, I am physically so tired. And I have not that when I lay hands on the sick. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. And if I can avoid it, I do it. But I know that if I don't, do not do it, and if you do not do it, who in the world must cast out demons? Tell me. There's no other in the whole world who can do it but the Christian, the spirit-filled Christian. And you can't do it, and I can't do it. We are just nobodies. Gloves. You see how very important it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit in this time. Now I said, yes, I come. And I took the phone after that and I said to my friend, say, listen, will you please come uh, with your car and bring me that, uh, to that address? There's a woman demon-possessed and uh, they have asked me if I would come to cast out the demons. And my friend said, Corey, you know that I'm always available for you with my car. But today I cannot do it. It is impossible. The whole day I must bake pies and cakes for the church meeting tomorrow. I laid down the receiver of that telephone and there were three ministers in that room where the telephone was and I turned to the ministers and I said there are too many pies and too many demons in your church. <laughs> what did I mean? I don't know if you, in this, in, it was in South Africa and all these British countries, these um, ladies uh, meetings are just demonstrations of how they can cook pie, uh, bake pies and um, uh, almost a danger after I have been some weeks there there is far too much courage and boom <laughs> I must go on a diet but I have nothing against it I like them but there is a time that we must not bake pies but cast our beings. And if all the ladies use the time that they use in their in the teachings just to go to that neighbor that has an eternity to lose or to gain and bring the gospel, then I think it should be good. Now there's a time perhaps for baking a pies, and I know in America it doesn't take much, much time, for so you have all in one can. <laughs> there are too many demons in our churches. What do you do with a demon possessed or obsessed, uh, obsessed person? Now be honest, you send them to a psychiatrist. 
and he can, he can give shocks and demons are not at all shocked here's the danger it's time to wake up to reality one of the ministers said I will bring you to that lady and I was there and there was absolute defeat I couldn't do anything and at last the demons attacked me and the demon said you are, you are possessed by the idiotic idea that Jesus is victor and I had to leave absolute defeat and I went on my knees I said Lord what is what has happened and the Lord showed me that there was in my being a foothold for the devil don't go to bed angry don't give the devil that kind of foothold that is somewhere in the, the translation of, of Philip you know when there is a foothold for the devil you are in a strategic very weak moment what was the foothold my attitude was holier than thou I had told this minister in a very witty and straight way what I thought about the demons and the empire. You see, holier than thou is a smoke in God's nose, Isaiah says. It's a terrible thing. There was pride, spiritual pride. <laughs> don't, don't do uh, fight with demons when there is pride in your heart don't give the enemy that kind of foothold now if you will know more about my experiences read that little booklet defeated enemies and I will not stop here but I will tell you that there are more angels in the world than demons and often we speak far more about demons than about angels and I am so glad for the angels boy they are great friends of mine <laughs> and how they have helped me and they help me my book of prison and yet you can read that I came in the prison and we all had to be searched and we stood on a line and everyone was searching they took away everything that we had hidden and how scared I was I had a little Bible it was special printed for the underground workers in Holland so the whole Old and New Testament was very small and I had it under my, my uh, uh, dress on my back and other things that I needed and I saw that they did not leave anything they took away everything that was hidden and I was so scared that I said oh God send now your angels and that they surround me but then I thought yes angels but after all angels are spirits and spirits are transparent you can look through them and, and these people may not see me I said God let your angels not be transparent today you can pray very unorthodox when you are in great need but God did it how I don't know that the woman who was standing before me before me was 
was searched. And then my sister stood behind me and they did not see me. And there was joy in my heart. I said, oh God, if you are such a hearer of prayers, I believe I can even stand the concentration camp. But an hour later, I was called again. All of us. And we had to stand in the street and everyone was searched for a second time by different uh, women. But I was not afraid. I said, Father, leave your untransparent angels just some moments around me. And he did. And so I came with my Bible in that prison. Strange story? No. That's written in the Bible. Angels are ministering spirits sent to this planet for your and my help. My. Sometimes we must pray for open eyes. This has been another message brought to you by the Banner Tape Ministry. Knowing the power of messages like these, we ask you to share these tapes with others. You may obtain extra copies of this tape or our free tape catalog by writing to Banner Tape, 504 Laurel Drive, Monroeville, Pennsylvania, zip code 15146. blessed and encouraged by this sermon. To download full sermons, go to our website, www.sermonindex.com. You can contact us through the website, and please share a testimony of how this sermon has ministered to you. Was not